Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Burke's Coronacast. On this episode, I interview Maynard Okereke, also known as the Hip Hop MD. You can check him out on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as Hip Hop Science or The Hip Hop Science Show. I'm your host, Burke Greenfield, and I really hope you like this episode. Here it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. On this episode, I interview Maynard Okereke. Um, he is also known as the Hip Hop MD. Hello. Hello, hello, Burke. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm very excited for this. Uh, hey, have... I'm excited about your platform as well, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so the format is... Um, the first few questions are personalized to you, and then the last three I ask to everybody on the podcast. Um, okay. So if you're ready, we can just go. I am locked and ready to go. Let's do it. Okay, so number one, how did you come up with the name Hip Hop Science Guy? Yes, so it's pretty crazy story how everything's come together with Hip Hop Science. Um, I was always a big science nerd. So I used to explore around my house, different ecosystems and go to ponds and rivers and catch snakes and frogs. So I always loved science. I would watch Bill Nye and National Geographic and Discovery Channel. So I originally went into college with the goal of being a wildlife scientist. And then I ended up into the engineering field uh, and graduated a degree in civil environmental engineering. Uh, but while I was doing all this wildlife explorations and I was also really big into entertainment. So music, hip hop, uh, and production was always a passion of mine. And so I ended up actually moving down to Los Angeles, going to Hollywood and pursuing opportunities within the music field. And uh, I really wanted to find a way because I still love music at heart. Like I'd all, any, anytime I talk with friends, family, I'd always make funny references or scientific references about different things that are going on. And uh, the hip hop science idea actually came about because I was just doing some funny comedic sketches for some of my acting projects. And I thought it was really cool to be able to talk about science in terms of music and entertainment and to kind of make science humorous. And so it really just started out as just a merger of two different things that really seemed to not have any connection. Um, and then it's now evolved into this educational platform because people started watching my videos and they'd be like, oh, I never even knew this about science. or I never knew this about wildlife or uh, about physics or space. And I found out that there was a really cool way to be able to explain science in a more relatable format that people could understand and people can make a connection with. And that's really just how hip hop science was born, just really making a connection between two different things that were really like mutually exclusive. Uh, they were really entertaining when you brought them together. And now I'm the hip hop MD and I talk about music and entertainment and pop culture and science every day on my platform, what I do. So it's really, really cool stories how it's developed and it's been an awesome journey. Yeah, you, you make it fun. Um, <laughs> so um, can you explain what it's like to be, as Neil deGrasse Tyson said, scientifically minded? <laughs> scientifically minded yes well neil degrasse tyson is awesome he's one of my idols i love neil degrasse tyson if i could be half as smart as neil degrasse tyson i would that would be um but uh he's an awesome science communicator and he says it correctly when uh to be scientifically minded 
is to really just think about science and everything that you do on a regular basis. And that's really one of the things that I preach on my platform. It's showcasing that science is all around you and that science is in everything that you do, right? Whether it's the decisions you make when you wake up in the morning, um, the food that you eat, um, psychology, um, gravity, how your, your body moves and energy around you. Like there's so many different elements of our day-to-day life that involve science. And I think to be scientifically minded is to really have that understanding and to be cognizant of that and to be aware of that when you do things on a regular basis, how science is affecting those decisions you make, how science is affecting your body or affecting your understanding of the world or the animals or wildlife that you interact with. And I really think that's what it means to be scientifically minded is to be aware and to be able to know that science affects everything that we do. Yeah, um, that is something that I'm glad I know now. Um, I also love Neil deGrasse Tyson. So, yeah. Um, what's your outlook on COVID these days from a scientific perspective? Yeah. So it was really interesting when this whole pandemic started. Um, you know, people really didn't have a big understanding about COVID. And, you know, there's still a lot that we're learning to this day. But originally when it started, we really knew nothing about how it spread, how we were affected by it. And uh, for me, it's really been an incredible journey, just kind of discovering along with scientists, because it was so new to the scientific world and to the science community, uh, that now we're in this position where we've been learning, gaining knowledge. And us as the public, we've been learning alongside scientists, because every single week, right, it seems like there's a new discovery, you know, before people weren't wearing masks. And then eventually we learned that, oh, we have to wear masks. And then and at one point they said, oh, only if you're sick, you should wear a mask. And then they're like, no, everybody should wear a mask. And just kind of going through that kind of scientific discovery of trial and error and, and actually going through the whole kind of full educational process and scientific method as far as coming up with a hypothesis, experimenting, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. Um, we learned so many different things. And um, I think really the hardest part has been a lot of miscommunication uh, because as that information goes out there, depending on what it is that you're listening to or where you're taking your information from, uh, you could either get misinformation or you could get proper information. And I think from a scientific perspective, uh, finding the right way to communicate that information and finding the right way to get that information into people's hands is really, really important. And uh, for me, just being a part of this science community and being a science communicator, I've been able to have access to so many cool scientists that have been able to do research on this, neuroscientists, biologists, uh, people that have really informative knowledge about uh, COVID and its effects. Uh, finding those resources and tools to really be able to get that proper information is so key. And then being able to relay that to the public for people to understand and be able to apply in their day-to-day lives is really, really important. So kind of that whole whole journey of understanding and learning together uh, in this new way, because this is something that's brand new, that's never happened before. That's been a very, really interesting process. It definitely, definitely has. <laughs> um, yeah, so- it affected everybody, right? Because, you know, we're here doing this podcast now because, you know, we, we people can't do stuff in public or you're doing virtual meetings now on Zoom because the whole way of life has changed, you know, from this microscopic element that we can't even see has completely disrupted the entire world. And it's, it's really interesting to see that. 
Yeah. Do you think people listen to your content more during COVID? Because I've definitely been watching you and Kenan Hutchinson and King Gutter Baby a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I really appreciate you watching. Um, yeah, just kind of like I said earlier, or just, uh, just right before this, COVID has impacted everybody's life, right? So we're not out working or in class, you know, for eight hours a day like we would normally be doing. So many of us are now either doing homeschool or even parents now are being teachers. So they're at home. People may be out of work and don't have jobs. And so they're home. So people now are digesting a lot of social media and a lot of virtual online content a lot more than they did before. And for me, it was a really easy transition because this is what I was always doing. I was always making YouTube videos and talking about science through my social media platforms. Uh, but I think it's really been awesome during this period of time now that everybody's uh, doesn't have any distractions. When people now are looking for opportunities to learn, I've been able to take advantage of this virtual learning space that we're in and be able to communicate science and utilize whether it's TikTok or IG or YouTube to really be able to explain science to people. And having that access and that reach is really important. It's been really awesome for me to be able to connect with people like yourself and others that are interested in this content or need this content in order to learn more, being able to reach them from this new perspective has been really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I love your videos. What inspires you to pick your teaching videos and tell people about them? Because they're great. Yeah. So really for me, it just comes down to curiosity, right? So uh, I have this whole big thing where it's entitled curiosity is nature's PhD. So asking questions and learning more, I believe, is one of the tools that will be able to gain you the knowledge that you need. And so a lot of times my inspiration for videos just comes from me simply listening to a song. I might be working out in the morning and have one of my favorite songs playing or a playlist playing. And I might listen to a song lyric uh, that has something to do with space or wildlife or uh, physics or some topic of energy. And I go into this wormhole, I start doing research, I start Googling things, I start reading research papers, and I just go into this wormhole of discovery and asking questions like, how would this work? Or what would this, would this make sense? Or sometimes I might be watching a movie or listening to a comedy show on, on Netflix, and they might say something funny that has a connection to space or psychology or something. And I just find these unique things that I'm already doing, things that, I, that are entertaining to me that I already love. And I just make scientific connections to them. And then I talk about it. And uh, for me, that's really been how I make that connection and really how I go about learning and really go about finding new topics to discuss. And a lot of the different things I've been doing during this pandemic have been like my backyard science series. So that really stemmed from me being at home and kind of being stuck here and not being able to go out and doing a lot of my exploratory trips. So now I'm able to look around at wildlife that's in my backyard and dissect a little bit more and dive deeper into things that I might overlook before. So a lot of that just comes from me being curious and asking questions and wanting to know more and tying it to the things that I already do day to day. Yeah. Um, how do you um, how do you think you've been empowering people during the pandemic? Mm hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I think for me, the empowerment comes uh, from giving, from letting people know that you can be a scientist, right? Because a lot of times people, um, especially students going into schools and, 
and, and growing through this education system, you look at science and sometimes it seems like this daunting area of study, right? It seems like everybody's like, oh my God, rocket science is so difficult. I can never understand that. Um, really just finding ways to make science easier to understand and showcasing that science isn't everything that you do. Giving, that pe giving people that ability to know that they can actually solve problems or they can actually learn more about wildlife or learn more about physics or how space works and how the earth interacts with space. Giving people that ability to know that they can do this and that they have the power to be able to learn it, I think is empowering in itself. Because I know for me personally, uh, growing up, sometimes I would think like, oh, I'm not able to do that. Or some people have like imposter syndrome where they feel they're not good enough or they feel they can never be as smart as somebody else. I wasn't the smartest person in school, but I was able to utilize my perseverance and my determination and my curiosity to be able to learn complex subjects. Even though it may take me some time, I was able to really stick with it and really be able to find ways to make that connection and utilize people around me, whether it be mentors or friends or different resources. And so giving people that knowledge that they need to know uh, that they can too can be scientists and they can learn these different subjects and that it's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist necessarily to be able to have a good understanding about rockets in space. I think that uh, that notion in itself is really empowering to people. That, that's amazing. That really is amazing. Um, so this is going to be one of my questions that I ask everybody on that I interview. Um, okay. So what, what would you have done if you knew COVID was coming? Oh, if I knew it was coming. Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, if I knew COVID was coming, well, I think for me, the first thing would be the responsibility as a science communicator, right? So that's to give people the proper knowledge and the information that they need. So if I knew COVID specifically was coming and I knew the impact that it was going to have, I would find ways to be able to relate that to people and give people the true facts that they need immediately, right? Because, you know, unfortunately we lost a lot of lives and we lost a lot of, uh, people just missed a lot of opportunities because we didn't have the knowledge that we needed immediately. So whether it's things like wearing masks or learning about social distancing and not doing things in public with multiple different people, uh, those type of elements I would have definitely showcased to people, whether it would be through like my YouTube channel or other platforms uh, to tell people that, hey, these are the ways that we can eliminate the spread of this virus. And the funny thing is a lot of those things we already know, right? So we already know how viruses spread from interactions because we already have things like the common cold or the flu, which are all viruses very similar to COVID, they react in different ways and they, uh, they, go, they, in, they go to person to person. And this is exactly how we need to deal with this and the proper way to deal with this. If we had that information early on, that is exactly what I would try to tell people at the very beginning. Yeah, it, definitely if you had that knowledge and you were at that, the, the place you are right now, that's a great answer. Um, yeah. What would you do if you had no knowledge of COVID and somebody came up to you and told you? What would you have done? Mm -hmm. um, wow. Um, well, I feel for me, it's, it's all about getting facts, right? And knowing who your sources are. So at some point, right, none of us knew about COVID and somebody told us, right? So at one point we didn't know COVID and then we either heard about it through the news 
or through social media or through a, a friend of yours that said, hey, did you hear about this COVID thing that's going on in China? You know, so at some point we all learned about it from somebody. And you, whether that, you know, depending on who that person is, you have to validate your source. So whether it's a news channel, you have to validate like, oh, is this the right news channel? Do they give proper information? Is it a scientist that's telling me this that has a good understanding about the, the nature of how this organism works? Is it a friend of mine that maybe might just not know and just kind of heard something on the news and doesn't really know the details too much? Um, I would really definitely make sure that I understood who I'd get information from. And then you have to kind of process it. Uh, yeah, so it's really just coming down to vetting my resource, knowing exactly who I'm getting the information from uh, and understanding exactly what they know about it and then verifying it on my own because as scientists and as people, we're always going to do that, right? We're always going to verify. We're always going to get a better understanding and do more research and let curiosity take its course and learn more and make sure we fully educate ourselves. So I think we've all done that process already. And that's something that I'd probably still continue um, at this if, if I had to start over again is still verify and still make sure that I was getting the proper information. Yeah. Um, so this is my very last question. I'm so glad you have had all the answers to all these. Um, yeah, right. Um, what do you think you'll do first when the pandemic is over? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Post-pandemic, for me, I'm a big traveler. I love to travel. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to travel during this pandemic. And there's lots of places I want to see. I've always wanted to go on a, on a tropical getaway uh, because I've been working so much during this pandemic. And I think that would actually be the first thing I would do is do a trip, probably go somewhere international so I can completely get away, go to a new environment, somewhere where I could explore something tropical, whether it's in the rainforest area like Ecuador or somewhere where I could really be able to explore and get away and enjoy nature and be in a different country, I think that would be the first thing that I would do. Yeah, I hope you make a video of that if you ever do do it. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Once we get through this pandemic, I will definitely be going on some great wildlife expeditions in somewhere remote or somewhere kind of, you know, somewhere different at a different country for sure and doing some wildlife studies will be fantastic. Yeah, um, that sounds like something I would definitely want to tune into. Um, but yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for answering all these questions. Um, I'm still amazed no that problem. you answered to my initial email, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, no problem. When I saw that, when I saw that you were doing the podcast, I was like, that is amazing. I'm always inspired, uh, by our youth that are able to take, you know, science into their own hands and, be entrepreneurs at their own hands and you creating a podcast and really be able to get this information of science and different areas that you find cool and interesting is really amazing to me. So I'm always impressed by that and whatever I can do to support people that are doing ventures like that, especially youth like yourself, I'm always for it. So great work on, on building this platform and continue doing what you do. I know it's going to continue to grow and hopefully turn into something big someday. Yes. Thank you too. Um, but, yeah, I'm very glad that you can do this. Um, but best of luck. Um, if there was anything that you need from me at any time, uh, feel free to reach out. Thank you. And bye. <laughs> yes, have a, good, have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye.
And there you have it, everybody. That was me interviewing Maynard Okereke, the hip-hop MD. Remember to check him out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube as Hip-Hop Science or The Hip-Hop Science Show. I hope you liked this episode, and bye for now. Thank you.